Welcome back to Chit Chat with Alley Cat. I'm your host, Alley Cat, and today we are here with Reina J. Leon. She is a scholar, creative, mother, and visual artist from Philadelphia. Welcome, Reina. So excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm like, um, I feel like it's so funny. Every every guest I have, we're like, we've been waiting to do this forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, I'm so excited. And then the cosmos align, and then it works out perfectly. Um, and so kind of thinking about that alignment, um, we're going to be talking today about attunement, what that looks like, what it doesn't look like, how it feels. And I wanted to hear from you, like, what's an example of, of attunement for you recently? So I think an example of attunement might be this so yesterday my my babies my husband um decided that was like oh let's go to the beach we're in in philly it's cold right now and the beach is also very cold and but my husband is like a beach person surfer loves the water and so he's like let's go to the beach it's like an hour and a half to go to the shore um down the shore if you would go um and so we go down and I'm like, okay, my feet are going to be cold. Yes, they were. And the kids want me to get water. And so I do the water. But of course, I never bring the right shoes. Mm. So now my feet are soaked. And it's winter at the beach. And I'm not happy. But um, after I got rid of like the, okay, these are shoes. They're wicking. They'll, they'll take away the water. It's no big deal. I got to observe my babies. Um playing with the water and they had gathered some of the ocean water and inside were these little tiny fish and and so there was this wonder for them too of like how do we take care of these beings that we had no idea that we would be gathering in this bucket and how do we dig a, a home space for them oh will this home space be safe for them no it won't be safe let us return them back to where we gather them to the ocean right um, and being able to have these conversations around care, around um, being in attunement to our natural world. I'm already right? getting well wa- watery eyed. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so what started yes. out is like, yo, it's going to be cold. And why are we going down the shore? Uh, uh, but it became this, my husband loves the water. Hmm. My children can love the water. I can love the water. We can have these wonderful conversations around how we take care of one another, even those beings that don't talk to us back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think about attunement. Um, that's a recent example from just yesterday. Mm, I love that. And I love how it they can take you kind of getting out of your own way, right? Of like getting out of your own like oneness, right? Of just like, Mm, this one thing is happening and my feet are wet. Um, mm-hmm. So just being able to, to drop in and, and be present and mm-hmm. be with the people that you're with. Um, and in that moment, really be able to, to learn with your children. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. I, I don't think a lot of us, I really, I really cried. I was, <laughs> that really just it touched my heart. Um, I feel like a lot of us don't have that opportunity to, to like step back from our mm. whatever the frenzy is right whatever the like because it's not always like like a, a physical 
sometimes it is like a mental, emotional, or, you know, um, these different connections. And so for me, just thinking about how, because I think for me, attunement is often like my emotional attunement. (laughs) I'm like, like, how do I stay, you know, in that, like, like, uh, kind of what you're saying, there was fire and water. I, I had an event this past week and, um, there was a fire inside the event space. Mind you, it was like a a fire on like a, like a cast iron skillet. Right. And in the moment I'm like fire in my brain, like, Oh shit, there's a fire. But to the folks in the room, I was like, all right, there's a fire. (laughs) 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 And I like just calmly like said it. And so the space managers were able to like, you know, like handle it and like everything worked out. And I thought about like, I'm having this event. It's starting in an hour. There's a fire. I could have panicked. I could have been all over the place. I could have been like, it's ruined. (laughs) You know? And instead I just was like, all right, like, let's be in this moment. Like, how do I like tap into the now and then just move from there. And so there was a fire. A few of my readers were there. We went outside and did some bubbles. Excellent. <laughs> you know? Well, just really, it was the first day of Sagittarius season. So, you know, el- the elements were with us. And so uh, what you shared about attunement, for me, it always is elemental. Like, there is always mm-hmm. some sort of, like, yeah. earth, fire, air, water situation involved. Um, and that's usually what brings, what pulls me back. I think that's what, what brings me back to present. I'm like, oh, well, that's the elements. Like, what am I going to fret about? What am I going to, you know, like continue to complain over? Like I'm, I'm here in this body right now. Well, and I, I really appreciate this idea of the elemental, um, and connection with the attunement because for, for me too, like at the. Uh, at the shore, the the breaking point of water, there's also a memory being formed. And I think about water as such a container vessel and carrier for mm. for memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we think about the other elements, there's also so much learning within that. Like, mm-hmm. what is the lesson within the fire? Where does the grounding and the healing within the earth? What is the the carrying and the message of movement um, and breath and mm-hmm. unification and community? Like within within the wind, right? And being able to to stop um, and ob- observe those elements and the elements that work within our, our beings. Um, and and of course, like those are, are four elements, there's so many more. There's so many <laughs> um, more, oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> um, and thinking about how we are made up and in con- connection with one another. Um, and all of those um, elements have their wisdom have their archetypes have their movements and and thinking about like how do you listen deeply so that you can harmonize attunement is about harmony right it's Mm -hmm. about this um interconnection to make beautiful music right um but you have to be able to understand to listen to to ride the wave um, and not flounder within it. The frenzy mm. is the way of floundering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that leads often to um, 
uh, a vortex perhaps that sucks you yeah. down or sucks you up. My, my, my son has this great wisdom. He calls the, um, the vortex of water, like water going down the drain in the bathtub, a tomato. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> because it looks like the top of a tomato. It's so funny. Um, but like that vortex, right? Um, the frenzy takes you away and it, mm. and it makes all the other things disappear. What you in that moment called attention to like, oh, I'm with people. How can I be centered to maneuver yeah. with it? Yeah. Yeah, and to, be, and to be present, to not fall into, I really, I think we, we get so reactionary, you know? Yeah. And so, like, you in that, that moment of, of, like, being by the water, you could have been like, let's go home. Right. <laughs> you would have been like, it's over, I'm done, you know? And I think... Well, uh... and that's what I did. I was like, oh, this is not going to last long. My feet are going to get cold, <laughs> and I, I kind of like my toes. I want to keep them. So I don't want to develop any issues because it's so cold um and ultimately it wasn't that cold right mm. and like i could observe and and take um take a step back and enjoy the joy and find joy in that um and like okay i can wiggle my toes i can move around mm-hmm. and um recenter so that i don't like become so focused on um discomfort that I I lose what is um, the lesson of that moment. Mm. Yeah, and so Raina, you released a book this year. I I'm did like... with, with Black Raider Press. Yes, <laughs> I'm just like that's Black celebration. God, mother this body, y'all. Yes. Um, Officially yeah, I'm really out. excited about the book. And and I'm really curious for you, like if you notice any moments. Um, of abundance in the the birth of this book any any just anything you know like moments of more than what you believed was possible absolutely um with the book you know so many folks have have invited me to share some of the of, of the work within but one of the greatest joys has been um touring with beloved friends of mine who's work also came out at the same time, Jasmine Mendez and Jacinia Montilla. Um, and they have two new books and we have decided to tour together. And um, our last, our first leg of the tour together was in Southern California. We, we did a gig in, in, um, in the Bay as well, but um, Jacinia was um, virtual. Anyway, all together, we're sharing a hotel room and we're going from Long Beach to LA to Santa Ana to Riverside, right? A few few weeks ago, and the first few days we actually had um, a hotel room that we shared from place to place. And I was like, "Y'all, it's like it's like we're having a slumber party, and it makes me so happy." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so like geeked out. It's so stupid, <laughs> how amazing how this is. Um, and. I, I think they're probably like, okay, Raider, Raider. <laughs> but I was so excited. Like our first night, the, the morning um, after we like, we'd um, uh, gotten into to Long Beach and so on, um, we started out the day with a shared meditation. Mm. And then there was some, some yoga. And then we went to the water and greeted the ocean. 
it was so lovely. Mm -hmm. So lovely. Um, and then I got to see my babies and Jasmine got to see her daughter, um, you know, on, on, on the um, phones and everything. But like just being so abundantly connected mm -hmm. and excited and sharing laughter. It was an amazing part of our tour. And I wish that for every writer. I wish that for every creator that you have the ability to, to travel from one place to another with your friends, people who love you and your work so deeply. Yes, this book in connection with that is delightful. Yes, and I love that. And I, I think that just what you shared is so important of like y'all coming together to to create something to to like yes all your books came out but you didn't have to each go and like publicize for your your books solo like it was just like we get to be this force with our friends and you like yes it was about the books but you also got this thing you didn't know was going to be there right this like like deepening of a sisterhood of a connection yeah. that you all have um and, well, I, and and one thing I'll add to that is like we did one event in um in LA at Avenue um, 50, incredible gallery space. Mm. And we did it with um, Liz Clement, who was the event organizer, and Janice um, Miller. And for Jasmine, Jacinia, and I to tour together, three Afro-Latina writers mm -hmm. from different um, uh, national ethnic backgrounds, but three together. It, it's very rare. <laughs> it's very rare. Um, and then Janice is um afro-panamanian mm -hmm. and then elizabeth is afro-venezuelan right like five of us in the same room for this reading <laughs> like it doesn't happen it's amazing and joyous mm -hmm. and like there were so many um contours of of um of similar themes throughout our work together mm. it just brings me joy again to remember how we were gathered um yeah like that was such an incredible delight. And speaking of abundance, that was absolutely joyous. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm like, I just, I love that it really does spill over. Um, mm. And it, it actually goes back to uh, another episode that I did, I think with Landon about comparison, about a lot, like how a lot of writers, creatives, right, are constantly comparing themselves to what other folks are doing rather than what y'all did right like coming together like mind melting like brainstorming and thinking about well what what's going to be a great experience for us what's going to make this worth leaving our families worth you know being on the road in the a room together um and make it make it that much sweeter so I, I love that and it just um actually reminds me of an artist that I went to see in LA um Harmonia Rosales uh, mm -hmm. she's incredible. She is an Afro-Latina writer, not writer. She's not a writer. I just made that up. She's a painter. <laughs> um, and she does a lot of, uh, reimaginings of Renaissance paintings as black folks. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so she uses a lot of gold. Um, and I, I will send you her stuff. You, yeah, you're already on it. I'm like, I already see, I see your face. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, ha yeah. Harmonia Rosales. Um, I found her. Yeah, I found her. Honestly, I I just everyone needs to see her work. She uh, I I like honestly, it's just whew, beyond. Um, and oh, so yeah, I've seen some of her work before. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about like these concepts of of not just like 
like what you're saying around representation, but like like us actually creating worlds for us, by us, art where we're able to not just um, be entertaining, but where we're able to be seen in, in various lights, right? She uses a lot of gold in her art because, oh, yeah, because for her, we're worth more than gold, right? Which mm. is what which was the huge thing at the time, like, like gold was it. (laughs) Um, And so her using that in her work is, is like a way of, of remembering a way of calling us back, a way of calling us in. I'm curious for your poetry. Do you have anything that you're like, this is for us and I'm going to keep bringing it in for us. What do you mean? Like a specific poem or um, like a poem or, or like, um, uh, maybe like a poem or like like a way that you use your language or or even language itself right like thinking about um like I know for your work like where you use Spanish versus English where it's like you know if you know you know if you don't you're not I'm not telling you um yeah yeah um the specific poem that that um does a lot of that um is testimonial um, mm. And I just got a, a question about that. I, I did an in- interview for um, uh, Glassbrook Poetry. Um, and they asked about that going back and forth. And mm. for me, it was very much in the space of like, sometimes only there are only Spanish words that, that work, that can conjure the multiplicity, the meaning that are necessary within the poem. Yeah. Um, and that comes from um my my background of having both languages often interwoven with one another there are words that i didn't know in english until i was like 12 or so mm-hmm. um and um there are many words that i don't uh, i had to study to learn them in spanish like i didn't know the words for trees for example mm-hmm. um in spanish and there's a lot um that can be said for that um mm-hmm. around um growing up in a very urban space um so thinking about like this back and forth and the struggle for the languages of my peoples which are both um my primary languages are english and spanish and and both colonizing languages right so um and yet trying to with the blending um to reach into the again the multiplicities of reality and the multiplicities of of um language and visioning and complexity um my i think that that's always something within my work of um exploring complexities like deep deep love um for a mother figure within my within my life and at the same time there's complexity there it's not it's not a pure um love without question Mm. this critique and i think that that's something that is always for us too is to cultivate the complexity or the the seeing of the complexity cultivating the questions um and not being afraid of of asking them um so i i think that that's always for us too is um ask the question dare to ask it Mm -hmm. see where it leads you um and maybe it'll be something somewhere beautiful and maybe it won't and maybe that 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 darkness, that grieving, that loss, that recognition will also be a step on a path to something else. 
I think I answered your question. Yes. Oh my God. You a thousand thousand percent answered the question. <laughs> um, and actually I was going to ask if you would read that piece for us. Do you have um, it? Testimonial? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Where are you? Testimonial. Okay. Testimonial for Camila Aisha Moon, whose name means perfect light. I want her to be seen. No ver. Campos de sangre colorados por pop. Pauso. Ese maldito sonido gone and coming through. Ay, bendita. I want her to not see. Ser vista. Slow revelation of light. Overlapping ribbons. Giratorio de oro, green, curl, black, glimmer, a shine, and a hat. Resplandor de purso. Manera de warming her good center y siempre. Así que she sleeps in the night. Campanadas de canciones, tranquil first. I want her to be querida. No por los fuegos artificiales, intoxicantes internos. All our memories. Su vida una luna brillante y cortante. Treasured on aged tree knot tongues forever. No, I want her safe and saying my name like a hip dip secret to the right, just right groove, not boxed in shining gray, pero es nuestra here and yet is here. So, um, thank you, thank you for asking. <laughs> Camila Aisha Moon, incredible, incredible. Um, poet and being, I met her years ago at a Cave Um, and it was just an a magical experience. Uh, I came to Cave with folks like in that first year, Roger Reeves and Jamarillo and Ross Gay and Adreses Kermai, um, and so many, so many others, um, who remain such beloveds. Um, and that was like 20 years ago. Mm. Um, and she passed, uh, transitioned suddenly, mm -hmm. um, a little over a year ago. Um, and, and I remember having the honor of being able to attend her, um, her homegoing virtually, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and to be able to be a part of her community to, to gather and celebrate her life in some way. And so even um, the, the recollection of the last time that I saw her, the last time that I held her, um, and, and that moment of being there in the collective of so many people gathered wherever they were um, to mourn her mm -hmm. um, is also this poem that is about mourning. It is about um, um, wanting to be, to see the person um, and also recognizing how that person is, is ever present within the heart. So yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a poem. <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> I actually remember, I think, yeah, last year, the Raise Your Voice workshop um, that we did was on cultivating your community and 
um, I recall that this was around the time that you were mm-hmm. mourning, um, and and really hearing you talk about how community wasn't just like this thing you apparated, you know, right. um, and and just sharing that with us, right? Sharing these these moments of um, this is where I am right now, and this is. Um, how I've been to all of these different places and that doesn't change how much love I'm surrounded by. Um, but I can also hold this complexity, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, you came through with all the links. All the, I was like, it's like, Raina, if you need to not be at, at this workshop today, like, it's like, <laughs> you're like, no, Ali, I'm ready. Like we're doing these things. And, and Let I me think, share with you. Yeah. And I, I think that like, one, I don't see us give each other the opportunity to, to show up however we need to show up, right? So, like, um, whether if you were like, hey, I can't, okay, cool. But also, like, I remember being like, okay, she's going to, she's gonna, okay, whatever I can do to support, whatever I can do to just be in the space. Um, and I remember just being engulfed by all of the magic that you brought to us in that in that space um and so many different forms of poetry and creativity and self-excavation um and so i just want to know for you how do you nurture play in in all of that and all of the complexities of of who we are and we're grieving and we're growing which is growth is is uncomfortable (laughs) it's very it's not pretty it's like you know it's like bones cracking and a lot of like you know, metamorphosis. And so I wonder how you nurture that, like the softness, the tenderness, the curiosity. You know, babies help you a lot. Because <laughs> you have to play with them. And my son often will be like, mommy, play with me. Okay, all right. I got to put down whatever it was that I was doing before and play with you. What do you want to play? Monster trucks. Okay. <laughs> um, But I also am just naturally a pretty playful inventive creative person um i think that um i am an educator as well as a creative and and those things oftentimes educators think of don't think about themselves as creatives Mm. and i'm the person who supports them and being like no like if you have to create on the fly like this (laughs) like you are creative And you have to think about that bulletin board and how beautiful it's going to be so that it enchants your students to, like, be fully engaged in the classroom. You are a creative. like <laughs> So all yeah. these things where you have to adjust in the moment um, and and uh, respond to the folks gathered together and all these different personalities all the time, that translates really well into this creative life, right, mm. where... Um, I gather materials and and you don't need anything. You don't need anything to play, right? Like you can get a leaf and cut it up a certain way and all of a sudden you've got a little um a little being with a lovely hat that you can draw <laughs> around, right? Like you don't need much of anything. Mm-hmm. And I like to play with um oh special pens and I got the different colored pens or I get bored with that and now I'm quilting again. Um, in this case, it's, it's more because of the urgency. I have um, uh, twin nephews who just came into the world and I said, mm-hmm. I'll go make a quilt. So I, I'm, I'm one down and I got, I got one more to do. <laughs> uh, it, it, who knew you could do a baby quilt in one night? <laughs> Look, under so, pressure. Watching up, <laughs> watch up TV. I got through Wednesday, the whole series. Ooh. Baby quilt. Great. 
Okay, we gotta talk more about that. I'm like, that's... Yes. Um, but like, all of that comes into my my writing as well. Mm-hmm. So I love to think about how a line's break implies a per- particular performativity, and mm. how can I score? Cedar Saigo gave me that wisdom years ago. How can I score? the performance of the poem by using the line breaks? How can I score the poem by even going from one page to another and how can it blend? Um, and every book, my my poetry gets totally different, wilder, mm-hmm. more experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, I pull in QR codes. Black Godmother's Body has a poem made of song titles and, mm-hmm. and then it also has a QR code that goes to a, a soundtrack. It's got augmented reality. It's got visual poems slash digital collages that lead into things that will change seasonally, right? Every book has these opportunities to expand what the page, the the book as vessel can hold. Mm. Um, And that's super exciting for me. Um, Yeah, I I teach as well and um, across different disciplines in education as well as in creative um, practice and my students oftentimes are like a little bit resistance like oh I'm writing the poem and it's a left lineated it's left um, justified poem and I'm like yeah that's beautiful you can check out this poem person and this poem and this person but what would happen if you folded the page and then you like wrote <laughs> on the other side and you got to read it this way what would happen what would happen um, and they're like Danny, you're crazy like, you're like yeah, the chaos agent <laughs> paint on the poem oh you're not a painter you're a painter today (laughs) why not be a painter today um and like not to uh, you know there are folks who really are dedicated define themselves as painters yeah and have devoted years of study to their craft whether through self-study or through art school or whatever it is and all of our disciplines are open to folks experimenting and saying i can do this too yeah. And I think that that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. Anyway, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. I, I and I, a lot of creative play by like. I mean, being, you um, you live it. You embody it. And I think that yeah. I like that you shared how you do it for yourself and how you do it for others because I feel like a lot of times folks just will talk about like, oh, I do this thing, I do this thing, but it's like, well, if I do this thing, I want to share. I want other folks yeah. to know it in themselves and. um so when I started working with young people, I started working with elementary school. When I went to middle school, I did a lot of art with the middle school. And, you know, that's the age where they're just like, I don't know if I'm, I'm cool. any good at anything. And I'm too cool. Exactly. So I'm yeah. like, okay, so half of them think they're not good. Half of them are too cool to even try this. And <laughs> I remember just thinking, all right, so we're all just going to play. <laughs> we're all just going to try this new thing together. And what was really beautiful was the like, I'm not an artist thought and talk was gone because they were like, oh, wow, we're we're creating these things. We're working on these things together. And we're, they were able to like step outside of themselves. And I think for me, that's what I like to do. Um, I like to, my play is like in nature generally. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of like the, the kind of like mindless wander and somewhere pretty or taking photos. Um, I like I like to do things that are not my typical art practice. 
Um, and so I like what you said about like, if I'm writing a poem, painting something and turning the paper and like doing something like that, because sometimes I'll be in the writing and I'm just like, the words, the words are not coming together the way that I want them to, but giving myself the chance to step away and be like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, play around with my paints or I'm gonna, you know, just grab a canvas and do whatever I feel like while I, while I watch a show or crochet. Um, and really just let myself dive into it rather than critiquing it, which is what I, I see a lot of people do when they're creating something, no matter what it is, right? If it's art or not, you're just like, people get in their head around it when, mm-hmm. yeah, there's intention that you set, but it's not so much about like the control. And so I just love that there's multiple spaces where you're nurturing play in yourself and literally embodying it as you're nurturing it in others. Um, have there been any like challenges or like misconceptions for you along the way with that? What do you mean? Um, so, challenges with play? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, I, I hate to do this, but I, I feel like when I talk to <laughs> when I talk to people past a certain um, age group, I guess I should say past 18 sometimes. And even shoot, even before that, cause they're like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an adult. I don't need to play. Um, <laughs> yeah. just wondering if you, if you ever get the, like, that's extracurricular or that's, you know, yeah. I think one of the things that's hardest for me is physical play so like Mm. going down a slide with my kids oh yeah um and being like oh they actually have to insist that i go down the slide with them and then i'm like this is the fun (laughs) of my grandma (laughs) and i want to go down you moved on to something else okay okay that's the the most difficult thing to me, for me to get into and then like once I'm there I'm like mm. oh this is so much fun um because like I think especially even as a child I felt very excluded from I don't know why um but that's that's kind of a the the myth of my childhood <laughs> looking back it's like oh I don't do those things I read my mm. book in the corner and I go to the other world mm-hmm. um not that that was totally true right um but um, that the play for me as a child was very much like hand-centered knitting or um, drawing or mm-hmm. mind-centered. Like I'm going to play with the visions that I can create with my mind of mm-hmm. like writing or reading. Um, and so not necessarily physical, even though I was a dancer and even though I was a musician um, early on, it was follow the music, not improv, follow the music mm. um, or follow the choreography, not so much create with your right. body right. and think about how you can um, collaborate with others. That wasn't part of my creative practice, even though I was a dancer for a long time. Um, and uh, most dancers will say, once a dancer, you're always a dancer. <laughs> you always have that rhythm within your soul, right? Um, and, and so that the challenge for me is, is um, getting into that space. Um, but I think that um, I, I'm also very privileged to um, not only be a mom, 
but to be um, and to have been a classroom teacher to continue to be a teacher and to be with folks where I'm like, I, I want to, to share light with them. Hmm. Um, and, and that requires that we collaborate in some way that we, Mm -hmm. um, try things out without self-deprecation, without criticizing ourselves, like shedding that, um, and trying things on, um, and experimenting and, so what that means for me is that I also have to cultivate that. I can't criticize myself mm-hmm. around, um, you know, oh, this painting isn't the most, it's not going to be in a museum. Whoever said, like, was that ever my goal? Right. Was that ever my goal? Um, and even if it was my goal, like, it's not going to start with my, like, midnight drawing. Like, like let me do this. That's a sketch. It's a sketch. And a joy. Because joy is a a good thing. And I should just like really dig into that. So um, yeah, I I think that um, the, you know, going back to the impediments um, and and now that that challenge of the physical, but also leaning into um, collaboration and community and the wonder that comes from that. I like that. And actually you mentioned reading. And I feel like that's definitely a big one for me. I was thousand percent that child that was like, I can't hang out with you this weekend. I'm reading this series. Like, (laughs) like, I'm over here. And and I think reading is definitely a space where I felt that deep connection, that that space to kind of like explore possibility and and do it collectively right to to talk to other folks who've read something and be like oh my gosh did you yeah. did you have this you know even we had our book club this past year um yeah. you know being able to to have these different conversations around what it looks like to move ideas forward what it looks like to build together what it looks like for us to just share knowledge like you said to share that light because there are things that that you know that I don't know and vice versa and right. And how, like, how do we grow if, if we're over here hoarding that information? Uh, so I, I love that, that spreading of light of being able to, to continue to, to share that and really decentralize what we know to be knowledge and wisdom, right? Like, we know there's so much that is, has been oral, right? Like, oral yeah. histories, our oral, um, really, our, our knowing that, that we've, we've kind of started to like unlock a little bit more, more recently. Um, but really just leaning into the collectivity. And so I really appreciate you, um, bringing that, that in of how we get through this together, like the bumps, the, like the different iterations. I actually was talking to, um, a professor had an undergrad about like my writing journey. And the first poem that I wrote was terrible. It was so bad. <laughs> it was but so. It was so bad, it. and well, so at that point, I was like, I'm a prose writer. I was writing short stories, and I was just like, Do I have to like read this? She's like, You have to read something. And I was like, Well, everything else is too long for me to be up there because I was like nervous. I was like, This is the shortest thing I have, and it was an ode to my glasses. <laughs> just like, it was bad. Um, it was really well intentioned, but it was bad. But I really appreciate having that moment to write that thing, right? For it to be what it was. And then years later for my my writing to become all these other things. Um, And I think about 
the ways I talked to myself about that, right? I was like, I'm never going to be a poet. This is a bad poem. Like I was saying the worst. It was like being hypercritical of a hyper of a draft. <laughs> and so yeah. when I did finally like let myself enter poetry, it was like um like a national poetry month. Mm. And I just wrote a poem every day. And so instead of being like, oh, I have to make this perfected thing I'll perform for the world, I was like, I'm just going to write this poem. If I share it with someone, cool. If I don't, cool. Yeah. Wherever it ends up. Um, and I'm curious for you if there was a moment where, like, if in anything, right, where you had to, like, give yourself permission to to kind of deeper align with yourself, to kind of come to that, like, attunement of, like, oh, this is something that is part of me. Yeah. So, um, for a long time, so my first book came out in 2008 and I was real, real proud of it. I still am. Um, but for a while, I think that, that every writer has this experience after you've done enough readings where you're like, really though? Like, why did I, why did I write that? Um, I should have taken that poem out. Um, especially like as the years <laughs> go on and of like, the the editor vision that you have like ref, not so much refined but changes it shifts um and so what you saw as important to the ordering or structure of a, of a poem or a piece in the past you have a different sensibility now right mm. um and so for a long time i didn't read my first book maybe mm. a poem or two um and what i would find every time that i did like pull a poem from you know baby Raina's uh, first book it was like all right little baby Raina shame of this poem I should read this poem more often and I and and I don't do it like I, I um there are only a few more more copies in the world like the book is out of here um and every now and then I take out because I have a few left in inventory and I take a few out every now and then and I'm like so this is baby Raina's poem Aww. And I'm real proud of Baby Raina. Like, <laughs> um, but those realizations of like there was there's great wisdom in the person that I was and the the how that person that I was has led to me today, um, and hmm. and I can see some of the concerns of my work ex um, starting from a firm foundation, and that opening up into different ways but i'm returning to central issues like a lot of my work talks about um community and the welfare of children that comes up all the time um family and the the complexities like the love as well as struggle mm -hmm. comes up a lot um grief comes up a lot um and how to work through um loss trying to find joy even in the most like difficult spaces that comes up a lot. There, there are things, um, and even my first book, long before I ever wanted to have children, it took me a long time to even think about wanting to, like, it took me about 10 years <laughs> of really thinking about, maybe I want to do this motherhood thing. <laughs> it was not a part of my childhood plan. I didn't, I didn't imagine myself married. I thought I might have five husbands. Like, that's <laughs> what I thought about. <laughs> if I got married at all. Um, and I oh definitely did goodness. not think about having children. But even looking at um, that first book, there is a thoughtfulness around um, 
of life giving, of mm. mothering, whether in the loss of a child or in wanting to become a mother. Um, and that's fascinating for me to look back um, and see that complexity. So um, even in the, the critique, there's a, a recognition of, of wonder. And I, and I hope for that, for anybody to be able to look back at their, their childhood journals or their childhood drawings and be like, oh, wow, that's super interesting. Like, how can I take up this work that I began so long ago? Um, how can I be in conversation, in attunement, in connection with um, that younger self because that younger self has wisdom? So, yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Reina, for your time and your energy and, and your light, honestly. Um, I'm super grateful whenever we connect. I'm like, this is not, this is not an isolated incident. This is just like <laughs> a, literally the abundance. It's one of many. Um, I feel like I've been blessed to be in so many super rich communities with you and just getting to witness different aspects of your journey and your growth. So I'm just really grateful for you and um I'm just sending you continued like attunement right continued opportunity for play um and for you to nurture what really makes your heart sing I, I absolutely appreciate and mirror that affirmation and delight in our time together and also echo like the inspiration so your podcast is inspiring my podcast to come so tomorrow i'm going to be recording our first um session with yes. my mom on this new podcasting venture um and thinking about the um the allure of the document and how do we uncover our histories but also value our relationships i was sharing with you earlier around how um precious I have realized my relationship with my mom is um, and how um, rare and unique and to be able to talk with her about family histories and, and help people to uncover theirs is super exciting. So generational is the podcast that we're going to be working on. Yes. Um, that's, is that the name of it? Is that the title? Is that the title? Yeah. Yeah. That's the oh, title oh, we have a scoop. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I'm excited. Well, yes, yeah. definitely keep me posted. I want to know all of the things about the podcast. Look, I'm subscribing already. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much. Gonna... Thank you for listening to this episode of Chit Chat with Alley Cat. Please subscribe where you listen to podcasts and we'll catch you later.